0: Hi everyone, just a quick note from me before we get into the episode. I've started a series of online events all about how to market and produce webinars successfully. If this is a topic that would interest you, I'd welcome you to come along completely free of charge. If you visit pickingupperfection.com slash webinars for all the details, and I'll put that link in the show notes too. Hope to see you there and let's get on with the show. Welcome back, listeners. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Picking at Perfection, the show that tries to break down society's views of the perfect life and aim towards a life of more purpose. Today, I'm so pleased to welcome Christian, founder of Digital Detoxing. Welcome, Christian. Welcome, Alistair. Thank you for being here. No worries. Thank you for coming. And um, do you want to start by giving a bit of background and information on yourself and what kind of services you provide, Christian? Yeah, well, uh, Christian,
1: kind of an entrepreneur um, trying to figure out uh, how to help people in a, like to be in a, become a better socialized uh, uh, community in overall, I would say. And uh, well, with my uh, background from tourism, I got pretty bad hit by COVID. Um, so I was living in Mexico and uh, working for a big uh, tour agency and uh, well I was there was like no job anymore and uh, I found it like quite interesting always uh, to help people um, by overcoming a digital overconsumption and uh, well with my uh, platform that I created or I'm still creating which I'm still in progress is first of all I want to create awareness of a digital problem that might people have in some case. And, uh, in the same time, I want to provide some solutions and, uh, well, that's, uh, how I
0: created digital detoxing amazing amazing really interesting i think you're not alone i think there's so many people that have you know been in a similar situation with covid and their industry has um, yes, you know dried definitely. up or and then we're seeing loads of you know exciting entrepreneurs starting from it so i think that that's amazing um as so you've talked your mission statement there and i think it's sort of twofold one raising awareness and two offering solutions Shall we start with talking about the awareness? So how kind of bad is the digital problem um, that we're facing and what are the, the risks to our individual sort of mental health?
1: I was I was in a very young age, I was a coach and uh, a sport coach. And I already, when I was super young, I was telling every kid like, hey, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. But at a certain time, I just figured out, hey, it doesn't help if you just tell what people are doing wrong. So my idea was just like, Okay, not saying only what you're doing wrong, just also what like what can you do in the future to increase yourself? And uh, well, as I want to do, like simply with raising awareness is um, we have like this kind of age that people are, or this generation, a head down generation. People are like always heads mm-hmm. down, phone in the metro train, wherever they are, and not Checking anything about their environment and not being aware of what's going on uh, in the in their surroundings, and uh, well, I just try to adopt. This board part that I had in the past and put it like in the same system for digital detoxing. And uh, that's the reason like offering solutions of the different part, meaning um, my main idea was like putting, oh, I do coaching. And then I figured out, hey, there are already so many great coaches, so many great mentors worldwide, um, which are already experts in these fields out there. But I've seen one problem, one main problem, they're all by themselves, meaning they have not the power, not the strength to be louder than just in their reach and just in their own area. And I want to create an environment that there's like a platform that many people come together and already
0: facing a problem and being louder as a group. Hmm. Interesting. We're stronger when we're united. I completely agree. And um, yeah. When you talked about the the coaching there, I think people definitely switch off when you say you're doing this wrong. I don't think people like to hear that. There's sort of a, a nice way to fluff it up and not yeah. preach to them in a way. <laughs> no, definitely. It's it. That's also not the solution. Like
1: saying something that you do wrong is like why for what for whom. It doesn't mm-hmm. help
0: anyone. I think um, I for one though, I'm still. Thankful. Obviously, I think COVID would have been a, a different situation and more difficult without the technology that we have. Um, but I think also that's part of the solution. There's sort of a, a statistic, or oh, sorry, not part of the solution, part of the problem, because I think there's a statistic that floats around that realistically we're now more connected in theory than ever um, through, through through technology, but it's not replicating the connection that the humans kind of need. I think there's a book by. Um, I think it's Noah Harari. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but it's a very good sort of read and and he goes along that that point. So do you think that this whole working at home culture has impacted this and with COVID, do you want to comment on that? Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely it has impacted us. I mean, uh, we have stated um, or collecting in our platform or on our platform, latest researchers as well and we come across like this uh, from yougov which basically state out that we're using our score that we doubled our screen time since pandemic and um, mm. well i think it has a clear impact on what we're doing and how we are doing it and um, simply thinking about uh, uh, the problem as a as a as a thing that we cannot clearly change or have we don't have a boundary between like private life and working life um Mm. and therefore how comfortable is it to get up five minutes before starting work and turn on the computer still being in pyjama and uh well you do the whole day but then you see oh my kids are interrupting me so i got a bit like come i have a bit have to do bit extra time okay the extra time becomes extra extra time additional time that nobody's gonna pay nobody really gonna uh, award it at the end and then the day is almost over and then it just the routine continues and this is the kind of problem i think that we might face a bit uh, all besides the positive outcome that we had of this working from home for example i mean for the people who, who were able to work from home and there's simply not mm. not all of the uh, people who could do it uh, especially in pandemic times
0: Of course no that's a really good point and i think it's kind of the the blending of the environments as you say it kind of um with the work being at home it's so accessible now to just log on and and do that bit extra and i'm you know this is kind of um a hot topic at the moment because i think it's in portugal that they've made it illegal for bosses to contact employees outside of working hours did you hear this story
1: no, I haven't heard, but uh, I'm really excited. If you have
0: <laughs> more information, geez, uh, please pass it on, <laughs> really. It I'm I'm, amazing. I'm confident it's Portugal. Um, I'll have to double check it. But um, yeah, I mean, it certainly made big news in the UK. I mean, I don't think that means they're thinking about anything um, quite so similar, but obviously a kind of profound, um, yeah, a, a really interesting law to kind of make. I guess they are foreseeing the working at home situation continuing in some degree. Um, and they're trying to, you know, protect their employees and and their mental health, which makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yes.
1: I mean, as I say, it's, it might be very comfortable, but, um, thinking about like, yeah, you, you make like mentally, like you go through mentally working hours in your spare time because you, you maybe work from your kitchen at home. And then at the same time you prepare food there. So basically you take your work to your home and it's kind of you work at home and I think this is a kind of a big problem that we're facing Uh, also like the physical conditions that you have like how little steps you're doing during a day um you 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 go from your bed to your office let's say if you have an office but Mm -hmm. well um how many people are really that well educated trained or like positive about going for a run in the morning before going to work taking a shower it sounds so, so easy mm. but I think
0: why <laughs> doing it like it's, it's the main point sure and it, even things like sitting it's not good to stay stationary like you say the steps thing the whole day um mm-hmm. yeah it's not good to for your your back and um number and things like that to be sat upright for so long <laughs> what kind of so when I when I hear technology I guess that's um or the word digital, it's kind of a a broad topic. Um, How do you cover such a broad range of topics? Because like you say, it's the physical conditions of looking down at a screen, um, the invasion of the home, but then also social media probably has an impact more on the the mental health side of things with with comparison culture. How do you say on top of all of those topics? Uh, Well, I think as you just mentioned, social media,
1: like the one phrase that probably all of us know is like the fear of missing out like how often mm. do you catch yourself by just scrolling down on instagram whatsoever and just think about like oh they have such an amazing life i want to be there uh, I i miss this i miss this part i i i really need to do this or that but on the same time for me personally um digitalization is Nothing negative in first place. It's it's very important um, because especially in pandemic we've seen more advantage than disadvantage so far. The only big problem that I see um, is that we we like for vaccination there are many people saying okay I don't want to get vaccinated for mm-hmm. long term reasons. Okay, it's the mind, and for me personally, it's the point that we don't have long-term studies about digitalization. So we, the first iPhone, like was published two thousand seven, eight, and uh, we talking about long-term, usually by twenty years, uh, which means we have to wait another six, seven years from now on until we have like just the outcome and research on long-term on social media on our phone habits, and uh, well. Therefore, this is the kind of thing that we should be aware of, that there is at least something that we don't know yet. And uh, until then, we should be more concerned and just thinking about it. And that's mm. the reason um, digital detoxing just wants to create this first awareness by different Mm. topics. Um, If it just stayed out, um, I came up with this idea by my university. I'm doing my master actually on digital entrepreneurship, which is already a big controversy. Um, (laughs) But I was like saying, okay, if I'm doing something like this, then already I want to do something that brings the society in the future uh, a bit more. Uh, So I came up with this idea and uh, well, Using technology is good, but overusing it, uh, it might be a problem or not using it in a helpful way. And Mm. this helpful way, everybody else has or everyone themselves has to have to realize how it works for them and have to understand it in their own way. So I'm not, I cannot say it like this or for them, I cannot Mm. state it out.
0: No, that's a really interesting point. And I think, you know, the experts on most things sort of say, you know, you don't need to cut everything out. It's just moderation, you know, like fast food, you know, once in a while is okay. So we can sort of take the same attitude for technology and have healthier relationships and habits with it, but in moderation rather than using it as our sole source of entertainment um or you know using our time and i think you you hit upon a really good point there um again sort of this global crisis that we've been in recently it's obviously not the first there have been other things that have been as impactful in sort of you know, throughout humans history. But I think the one thing that that politicians um, and experts comment on is the the widespread of misinformation throughout it. Um, And that has obviously been enabled by social media for people maybe not checking all of their facts and, and not using information sources correctly. So again, another sort of large challenge that we've been up against for this situation.
1: Yeah, fake news. It's, it came up all with social media at the time. Like this phrase, uh, I think came mostly up with uh, Donald Trump at the time, it, as he was a president. But um, yeah, I mean, we are facing just more more issues, and but in the same time, again, like technology helps us a lot, and uh, we just need to understand it in a better way, uh, how to use it in a correct way. But as I say, correct way, I cannot say what's the correct way. Everyone like has to uh, develop that
0: this one by himself my opinion mm. yeah agreed um on sort of maybe a tangent have you watched any of the the documentaries surrounding social media like um one of them is the creepy line have you seen that no, oh sorry. so good i think it's on uh, amazon prime it's about it's google line. and their policy on how much data they have on you and their their official policy sort of before um maybe it got i don't know vetoed was that they go up to the creepy line and then take one step back that was their judgment way of how close to get to for your data and another okay. one is um i think it's called the social dilemma which yes, is by uh, yes. one of the documents. i think most people have seen that one but that is also really quite good i'm sure you've uh, seen it yes it's it's definitely good i tried even to get in contact with the
1: makers and, oh really uh, Yes, I'm already in contact with uh, a couple of the uh, directors um, to to get us like kind of an interview with them or like to get more the idea behind them. And they even have like some programs for students to participate on making this problem already more aware. And uh, well, uh, I hope I can follow up with this one sooner or later, but it takes a bit of time because it's uh, a bigger company than I thought it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, lots yeah. of loopholes to jump through. I'm sure. But it's oh, well, amazing.
1: As you were saying, um, DW documentary. Like you can find it on YouTube, free available. They have already two, three very, very well um, researched document uh, documentations about uh, our digital habits and especially about digital or digitalization with teenagers. And um, mm. yeah, I highly recommend this one. More, mostly forty minutes easy to watch and like nice to understand from from a research point of view mm. maybe less entertainment like social dilemma as it is like a whole storytelling.
0: uh sure but, uh like highly recommend this one as well mm. and i think that's part of you know an individual's responsibility for awareness of using these things well but to actually know what's going on behind these platforms uh is important too i think so um definitely I yes. interesting i mean
1: uh, a very funny thing fact is uh, uh, there's only uh, two two kind of uh, industries to call uh, users users uh, is first of all uh, pharmacy or truck uh, uh, addicted truck stores and on the other side is like the whole internet um, technology or the internet, uh companies they're using uh the phrase users as well so mm. i think it's like kind of addiction that we really should be aware of sometimes i mean definitely see see how 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 the time is has increased since um pandemics in like all social media platforms TikTok mm. tock are huge within the last two years uh, instagram still rising as well and uh, well um all they're doing is the algorithm it might be seeing for free for us, uh, but we pay actually with our data. That's the thing that we need to be aware of. Like
0: mm. that's, that's fact. Yeah. I, what's the, I think there's another phrase. I think it's, um, if it's free, you're the thing that's being sold, Um, which is the kind of the case. Um, And you have exactly, to kind of yes. evaluate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I heard this phrase. It's, I think it's already a couple of decades old,
0: but yeah, it makes <laughs> yes. so It's so, so true. Like absolutely yeah. agree on this one. Mm. and um what you're saying as well is very much in line with the the documentaries of we we have no idea the long-term effects of of this kind of um you know situation with all the social media and things like that because it's not been around long enough to see the long-term effects and how it's going to impact society in future which is yeah it's certainly going to be interesting and there's obviously a lot of people that are um looking at that um with all the documentaries that we've talked about it clearly isn't Um, completely under wraps. So I think that's a positive thing. True. Absolutely true. Yeah, I agree 100% on this one. And to comment on the addiction as well, I think, you know, it probably sounds to to lots of people, maybe a bit radical to compare it to to something like drugs, but I don't think people understand that there is sort of the, the drugs within the body or the the endorphins within the body that are triggered through social media and that is possible to get addicted on those. So, you know, it, it is a real addiction and does bear real similarities to that kind of situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, by I think it was 2018, the World Health Organization even stated out that uh, video game addiction is is a classification as an illness uh oh. is is on the is on the same level as cocaine use they stated clearly like this one out and i think that's a bit shocking hearing it and uh, therefore um yeah i think this topic just gets more and more uh, important in the future like mm. i i sadly I think so
0: yeah well now that we've um bummed everyone out with the problems let's talk about the solutions um yes. so what are kind of good ways for or good first steps for people to take to recognize this and to, to overcome it <laughs> yes
1: um i think first of all um which always helps is a self reflection um mm-hmm. reflect by what you're doing is always to check daily habits um being of where being aware of such changes um is probably the most important but also the most difficult part because you need to agree hey maybe it changed something in the past year a certain amount of time and uh but with this awareness um i think this the second part comes with it um setting clear goals as i come with a actually um from the economic or marketing background uh i try to adopt couple of theories and they always try to teach me uh, you need to have like smart goals. And what the smart mm. goals means? Uh, smart goals means like S for a specific. Uh, for example, you need to set like clear goals, what you want to achieve. M measurable, um, meaning use for example uh, uh, the time that you spend on the phone and then compare it this one uh, before and after. Uh, A means to be attractive. Always thinking about like why you're doing something and for what reason you're doing it. Um, I don't know. As an example, I want to talk to my friends more often face to face. I want to meet them more often. I want to use my time more uh, productive way um r is for realistic um so you cannot say okay i spent like every day four hours on social media which may or like many people are really doing um, it's more like okay maybe just gonna do like by three hours by two hours just step by step like don't do it dramatically and the last one is timely and um, meaning set up and to review it in a specific time. So say, okay, I have, I give myself like three months uh, or any time what you want. And then just like check again, hey, did I achieve it or not? The third one, uh, the third part of like recognize this uh, or like finding a solution better thing is um, check how you can achieve this goal if you don't achieve it by yourself. And this is the step where my platform maybe comes in, I would say, simply because I find it highly attractive nowadays to have a, a people or a person who can guide me through a specific moment. Because they're like they're already people, I talk to them, they're Aware of this problem since eight ten years, I've talked to some coaches, digital detox coaches from uh, Paris, from um, Los Angeles, but also many from Germany. And uh, well, they're all saying, okay, they've seen it, and they 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 think they can really provide a solution in guiding people. And all I really make sure is nobody saying, oh, I'm so anti-digitalization. You should turn off everything. It's impossible to be part of our society. It's impossible. But Mm -hmm. like, as I say, self-reflection, setting goals, and then check how to achieve those goals would be probably uh, like my three recommendation, how to uh, find a solution.
0: Sound advice. I love an acronym. So thank you for sharing that. It's brilliant. <laughs> and um, so, Christian, we kind of talked already a little bit about your your personal situation. Obviously, you say you don't hate technology. You're sort of embracing it where you can, but limiting it in other places where it's healthier to. Tell me about your sort of personal detoxing in your life and how do you go about that? What's your kind of routine like? I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, that's actually very funny because... To be very honest, since I started with uh, this,
1: like this project of digital detoxing, I've never spent that much time online than I do now. Um, <laughs> like, How ironic, right? <laughs> yes, it is super ironic. Like, But I think mainly caused by by uh, the situation we are all in, in the mm. pandemic. Um, but uh, for me, I, I, I personally think like it makes life easier. I don't know. Like, what about you? Like. Would you say digitalization is bad or good?
0: Uh, I would say, well, I love a bit of technology. Um, I think it just depends on all about your values. I'm not a big fan of social media, but I think it's a necessary, especially when you're an entrepreneur or trying to do your own business, it's sort of a necessary evil to, to connect with people. Um, I'm much more about face-to-face so my background is before podcasting I was in events so obviously face-to-face contact very important for that now we're doing a lot of online events um, which is good I do enjoy an online event but there is still something missing in the face-to-face element like we were saying earlier there is sort of um, a part of a human need that is to communicate and grow with people in real life rather than just on a screen so I think Digital events have their space, and so do face-to-face events, um, depending on the need, et cetera, et cetera, and depending on my own personal need as well. It's nice to not have to leave the house to, to do an event, but it's also, um, you know, can be too convenient, but it's also nice to actually go to a destination and, and learn. I think that I love technology at home and I love being able to work from home. Um, my my battle and my demon is probably more with social media because I will go on that and, you know, have a look at other companies or other people and be like, oh, well, they're more successful than me and blah, 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 blah. And that doesn't make you feel in a good space. But what I try and do is, one, set the... Um, I use the iPhone timer of only 30 minutes of social media a day and then it kicks you out um, just to bring awareness to how long I'm actually spending on those which is useful and then usually one night a week as well me and my other half we do like a a non-digital entertainment night so no tv we get a board game out we make dinner together you know something like that just to really connect and have a bit of time away from screens because um Yeah, I mean, another thing for me as well is my eyes absolutely hate it. Obviously, I'm wearing glasses right now. And one of the big things and um, luckily working from home, I have a window right next to me so I can look out. So but people maybe don't know that screen time and working off a screen is really bad for your eyesight because it's very close and your eyes then lose a bit of their long distance distance because you're not looking at something that's further away. So it's good to always look away. And also, (laughs) when you're looking at a digital screen that is lit, you don't blink as much. So there's a lot of problems that I have, and I know other people do, with dry eyes at the moment, because they don't blink while they're looking because of the light. Um, So for me, I get like headaches and things like that. So taking time away from a screen is kind of driven by that that factor.
1: Yeah, but it makes clearly sense what you're saying, because, uh, as I understand, using technology... Uh, for a certain reason, but um, setting clear boundaries and saying, okay, hey, uh, I have here my, my work, I have here my part, which is kind of necessary for technology, but it's also like a different part in my life that mm-hmm. I like to enjoy uh, the time spending with other people face to face. And uh, when when people say hey uh, the, the fear of missing out or the so-called smombie i don't know if you heard about smombie like the, no, the zombie the zombie plus smartphone uh is the combination of smombies and uh, ah. it's a kind of phrase <laughs> used um meaning that like this this kind of fear of missing out i have it as mm. well in my private in my real life like if i'm spending Only the time, up front on my screen time, I have a fear that I really don't know how to talk in a couple of years with other people anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, research has clearly shown that um, people, especially young generations, um, if they have an option, um, they can solve a solution within five minutes by a phone call or within a week by sending three, four emails back and forth. They always choose emails because they don't have mm. to face it like on the, with a person directly. And, mm. uh, well, I mean, we, we always talk about efficiency, but this is clearly not really part of it. That is shocking.
0: Yeah, I do think that throughout the pandemic I lost, when we were in full lockdown, I definitely lost some social skills, like going out now, I feel a bit more sort of anxious and, you know, going up to London, like, oh, not that I did it a lot, but even just sort of navigating on tubes and things like that and being in busy crowds definitely gives me a bit of anxiety. I think that is part of the liking to do the online events as well as the in person, because the world is this more complicated place than it used to be or it feels like it but I don't think it really is I think it's just because I got used to being at home so much yeah probably yeah and also we develop step
1: by step so I think there come additional information from all sides so there's a reason there's a kind of overwhelming feeling and then uh, well I think it's not really getting complicated
0: we should be like making it easier at some point Mm, definitely and um what's ironic as well is that when people actually step outside of the house they're still on their smartphones at dinner um you know scrolling through instagram instead of actually being in the moment right (laughs) it's it's crazy um i'm every time i take the
1: metro um in germany in spain wherever uh, i find like i would say like 50 to 80 percent using the phones what i really liked about london uh In London, I figured out like there are way more people reading a book. Every time in the morning they commute, I find it so inspiring. So, what I'm doing, I just adapted this one and take a book with me now. And I started to read way more often when I use uh, any public transportation. And it's genius in my point of view. Like, why? What what does it bring like spending all the time in front of a game uh, on a smartphone? or just using Instagram all the time. Maybe it's entertainment, but uh, well, this is something I really admire about uh, London or being in London all the time. I was like, wow, great, great. I really loved it. I have to say as hmm. really randomly, many people probably don't even know this, but I realized it at the very
0: first moment I was a bit shocked. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's, that's good. Um... Yeah, I I, I actually do read a book when I go on the tube or the train, um, or I try to anyway. I'm not sure I've seen many other people doing it, but maybe I've just not taken the notice. Yeah, figure out or like take a look the next time you be somewhere, even
1: London, and then compare it to other places. Definitely do it
0: as i said earlier i'm a big fan of sort of technology um, and for me it helps me almost like a bit declutter so i used to be a big sort of planner person and notebooks and as i said i really enjoy learning and going to events so there was tons of notes and things like that so i've kind of downgraded that recently and moved to using an ipad for all of my notes and things like that um, because it gives me less clutter in life um, and also a bit more organization which both of which I think are beneficial to mental health but then the other side of that one thing that I come up against is where minimalism or when physical minimalism turns into digital clutter because sometimes I'm like oh I'm missing out on this app so I'm going to download that app and I'm going to try this and it ends up into more chaos do you ever sort of tackle problems like that or, or relate to someone if they've got like a files saved all over their desktop and it's a bit chaotic do you think that that can be um, of negative impact on the productivity that we've talked about that technology provides us mm, well i think first of all i never
1: really thought about it um, in the first place um, therefore it's a really interesting and good question just to, to think about other ways since i personally started this project um i used I spent more and more time on it and try to collect data from all around the world uh, about digital detox or about the subject in general. And uh, for me, um, maybe why why do you use these apps? Why do you why do you use certain apps or helps? Because simply it makes it easier, and as you say, you be more organized. And uh, well, I think. As both of us, we mentioned out like technology is part of our human developing. So we are learning uh, by by using this technology, but also by um, yeah to live with it. And therefore, there comes definitely negative impact. But negativeness comes only by overconsumption. So if you use something too much, and you lose control, maybe. I don't know. Mm. You say you're not a big fan of social media, but um, if you are on social media, uh, any platform, have you ever catched yourself by like, oh, okay, I'm going to scream what, what other companies doing or what other people are doing. And then like half an hour later, you ended up by checking what is a giraffe doing in China. I don't know. Like,
0: yeah.
1: This that is clearly, hole, yeah. this, 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 <laughs> this clearly wormhole. happens to everyone. And, uh, I think this is the kind of bad part uh, because the the algorithm of those platforms clearly are made that we spend more and more time on these platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we spend more time on this platform, they can collect more uh, information about us. They basically track uh, how what kind of likes we are giving. they tracking how long are we seeing each single sequence of any content that we seeing, and then they provide us more and more information and they already know what we kind of interested in and this makes us stay longer and longer on these platforms and therefore this is maybe the bad part um that people are really using uh, us uh, for for um, commercial reasons because if we spend more time on it they have more data and with this data they can provide us like the better uh uh, advertising and Mm -hmm. therefore they create they increase their income um it's their business model and and i think to be aware of this helps and therefore maybe why do you use these apps again why why are you using other parts because it makes it easier but Mm. stick to this part and then just leave it don't don't go further don't add more and more i don't know mm. i don't know uh, if you understand what i'm saying but um this is certain 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 apps helping and certain points are using us
0: mm. definitely no that is that's really good advice thank you and i i think part of it comes with as well um Sort of along the lines of social media and technology, Um, but I'm like a big fan of like I don't know productivity videos. I want to see how people are set up and what they're doing for their work life, and you know like day in the life videos. And there's almost kind of this glamorization at the moment happening of people who have really busy lives and that are you know doing all of these apps to keep them organized and things like that. When obviously that is going to be a highlights reel of you know not exactly how they really live their life but yes. i think definitely that at the moment there is a glamorization of overworking of working late and and that kind of thing and this kind of positive reinforcement of um you know just do that extra bit kind of thing when actually it would be healthier to to just log off
1: yeah definitely uh as i say i was uh, once living in mexico and uh, i was there at the beach and i found a girl with like she had a photo shooting basically and she was dressing up for like three four different clothes and then was posing different ankles off on the beach and then i simply asked them like hey what what are you doing here and then she's like yeah yeah she's an influencer i was like oh great uh why are you doing so many different photos on one spot and she was like yeah if we Change the ankle. Nobody will realize. She wants to have some spare times uh, the next days, so she already produces content for the next days. So that's mm-hmm. the reason she had uh, different clothes on it. And then one was in the water, one was on the beach, one was on a swing. And then she had already content for the next three days. And then she was good to go. And then she had. She was saying, "Okay, it might sounds like really interesting to be an influencer, but it's actually daily work, and mm-hmm. uh, therefore." She, I I, I just simply liked it. I was like, wow, that's actually genius. Being Mm. a part
0: of, being in control of their own life in this kind of way. Nobody realizes. Interesting thing to stumble across. And um, a good story to tell as part of your business now as well, I think.
1: (laughs) Definitely, definitely
0: and then um christian we always talk on this show as well about sort of perfectionism um and social media i think comes so much into that with with the sort of comparison culture um but maybe someone is sort of listening to this episode and go oh i'll never be perfect for um being able to digital detox or something but i think maybe what we're trying to hammer home is that just starting and doing a couple of steps can can help you be a bit healthier but um what what's your personal definition and experience of perfection through starting your own business and sort of taking this battle on? Perfection. Hmm. That's actually a very uh, very great question. Simply,
1: many people don't even think about it. Um, as As perfection is a noun and it comes from an adjective like to be perfect, uh, is simply like that you plan something and while while the planning. Uh, you do everything that it might happen. Um, So you just try to create a way and set a goal and uh, try to be perfect in the future. Um, So something that exactly happens as planned, I would say is my personal definition. And I was thinking about it, uh, when you invited me, it's like perfection. Hmm, what, what is perfection? But then like sports example, always comes up. Like they have a dream since they're probably child's teenagers and start to do some, find some joy in what they're doing in the sports and then just train and then just become whatever they're doing. And, uh, they train to win championships, go step by step. Um, but, uh, if they're perfectionists hmm some of them might be um, some of them might be not and maybe just lucky but i think if you plan something well and you do exactly as you want to do it then it might come and then i was checking your profile on instagram and uh, i was a bit it was a big controversy because there's the scripted like imperfectionist so uh how comes that this is the description of you like <laughs> this,
0: this is something confusing for me so I um, I I think I have a negative relationship with perfection um, and that I guess that's why I kind of flip it because I used to be, well, so I I work in events, um, and it's a very highly detail orientated, um, kind of sector, uh, work with pharmaceutical companies for their medical events. And it's very detail orientated and a everything is held to a very high standard. And I've worked in that industry from a very young age. So what I started to notice with myself was that I was bringing those high standards and high expectations home in a negative way of expecting every situation that I planned for, because a lot of events is about lots of advanced planning. Every, kind of like you were saying there, every situation that I was planning, I was expecting everything to go perfectly and everything to go in my way. And where you have sort of other dynamics of friends or family members, you can't expect everyone to sort of bend to your will and do everything that you're sort of expecting them to do. But maybe you haven't translated that into actual communication. So now I say I'm sort of an imperfectionist, because I <laughs> almost in like a stoic way, because I don't want to expect anything of of anyone else that um, that they might not be aware of, I guess. I don't want to no, I no longer want to push my perfect expectations on them. I want them to be who they are and I'll be who I am and we'll work something out in between. Yeah,
1: but isn't it exactly the way? Like, their way is perfectionism? Like, to be perfect in some way? True, I mean, true. <laughs> isn't it, I think doing it is always better by not doing it. Uh, if you fail Mm. okay you can say congratulations you've done it (laughs) you have at least tried it i mean Mm. if you don't even try it then you will never figure out i mean it
0: sounds like a quote on instagram actually i (laughs) I might just steal uh... it (laughs) (laughs) i guess the way so i see or well, the definition that I have of perfect in, in my head and taken from sort of other sources of reading is that anything perfect is no longer growing. It's stopped and it's permanent. And that's why I say I'm an imperfectionist because I'm constantly in a state of change, constantly in a state of growing, and so is everything else. So I don't think really anything can be officially perfect because that means that it's sort of stopped in time and, and not um, growing or, or sort of moving on with the environment around it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, you can never,
1: my personal, it's absolutely my personal opinion. Is like you should never stop educating yourself. You should never stop learning, continue learning and trying to do new things. Like, why not? Um, and yeah, simply simply doing this podcast shows that you like show some interest in a new topic and you just do it. And uh, therefore I admire people like this because there's not many people doing this. Um as I say, I'm a student at the moment and, uh, well, uh, there are many people just talking about, um, like, doing their own business in the future, but how many people are really doing it at the end of mm. the of the time? Um, how many, how often did you sit down on a bar and you had, had this, like, brilliant idea to open my own bar uh, with your friends? It was, like, coming up so many times. But, like, until the moment really comes, you never mm. do it, it's just, like, another phrase that you use. But being perfect, there's no perfection. Like absolutely Mm -hmm. I in this one, but to try and to have a goal and then just doing it, it's definitely like a part of it
0: for me. I'm all about appreciating the journey and not the destination now as well. And that kind of comes in. But to your friends who are thinking about business, you've lined me up for the most wonderful quote that I'm on top of at the moment. And it, I think it's a Chinese idiom or Japanese idiom. And it's uh, it goes that the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Perfect. Love I that. mean, <laughs> that's, that's genius, right? I
1: mean, yeah, I absolutely true. I agree on it and nothing wrong
0: about it, to be honest. i think (laughs) that's that's genius and um so we talked about um perfection then thanks christian so much for your insights on that um and then the other thing we talk about instead of sort of going for something perfect kind of like we were talking there enjoying the journey um finding something of purpose which really lights you up and makes you happy do you think this digital detoxing is your purpose Mm. That's, that's a very tough question at the moment.
1: I wish it becomes my absolutely main goal um, because I'm doing it basically for two reasons. I'm doing it uh, for my personal interests. So I'm interested in this kind of subject and I'm doing it at the second part as a I I want to see the world more socialized. And I think we're drifting in a way that I don't want to see the world in the future only sitting or like living in this meta world, as uh, Zuckerberg was or is planning, <laughs> and uh, therefore uh, I highly believe that we should not um, lose or unlearn our personal or uh, social skills. And therefore, um, I might gonna do it as long as I can. Uh, I really would like to to come up with an idea. I actually really gonna write my master thesis about it. And, uh, I hope in, in a year, um, I really can start to, to promote it in a bigger way and then to create a higher awareness and therefore at the moment, yes, it's my perfection. Um, and I'm really doing everything, uh, for it, uh, that it's gonna start soon. Like, uh, I, like worldwide, I want to create this awareness and I want to help people, uh, understand this or tackle this issue then better.
0: Amazing. Well, I think it's a valiant mission. And yeah, we uh, we wish you all the best of luck here. And thank you so much for joining me for this episode. It's been such a pleasure, Christian. No, thank you to you. It's uh, absolutely great talking to you. And uh, yeah, as I'm
1: saying, like uh, my mother tongue is not English. So hopefully everybody understood the most of what I was saying. <laughs> uh, if not, just rewind it or just listen again to the podcast.
0: <laughs> Put it on point 0.5 speed. <laughs> yes, maybe. Thank you so much for listening, fellow imperfectionist. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope it has inspired you to get closer to your true purpose in life. If you have a question, thoughts on this episode or suggestions of topics or even future guests, I would love to hear from you. Visit pickingupperfection.com slash participate. You can also follow me on my socials, Instagram, LinkedIn and even contact me via email. Links for all of this are in the show notes. See you next time.